There it is. How's that? Voila. Here we go. All right. I'm going to get rid of that one. Amen. How many of y'all got a nap? Amen. That's a good Baptist thing to do on a Sunday afternoon. So uh, I enjoyed that for a little bit. How many of y'all don't take naps? Man, you need to get saved. Another one needs to get saved. <laughs> Expect y'all at the altar this evening. Amen. Ah, that's just a, a good thing to do. Well, let me uh, say quickly, thank you so much for uh, the folks. There's been several that have come by and let us know that they pray for us on a consistent basis. We appreciate that. And I, I've said this uh, on many occasions, and uh, you know, we cannot do what we do without churches like this helping us. And we are very thankful. Do not take for granted your support and your prayers. Uh, thank you so much for your kindness and uh, for your help in the ministry. Uh, God has uh, uh, been so good to us. You know, we, uh, for those that don't know, we had started uh, Ambassador Baptist Ministries about uh, nine and a half years ago. Now, my wife and I have been in the ministry for over 35 years. Uh, I had worked other uh, 20, almost 20 years for other men, 10 years pastoring in Pasadena, Texas, my hometown. And then nine and a half years ago, we started uh, Ambassador Baptist Ministries. And, and our heart was this. Uh, and I, I said this this morning, folks, our, our nation's in trouble and we want to be a help to that. We really do. We, uh, uh, our heart was just trying to be a help to small churches and help start new churches all over the nation. Uh, I, I'm convinced. Listen, the Lord uses the local church. Amen? And uh, uh, it, it takes churches like this that will stand uh, for the truth of the Word of God, that will preach the Word of God without compromise. Uh, we need uh, uh, good churches all over this nation. The average independent Baptist church is 50 folks or less. And uh, many of those pastors are uh, working a job. They're working a full-time job. They're trying to raise a family and trying to pastor a church. And to be honest, it is a very difficult thing to try to do all of that and something not uh, suffer because there's just not enough time to do all the things that need to get done. And, and so normally uh, what suffers the most in that situation is the family, the pastor's family, because they're kind of the easiest thing to be able to kind of put off. Uh, they, they're trying to work, again, a full-time job. And in the economy that we have now, many of them are even trying to work overtime to have the finances to take care of their family. Uh, then uh, have, they need time to, to study, uh, to make the uh, necessary visits, whether it's follow-up visits, whether it's uh, hospital visits, uh, getting out, knocking doors, uh, doing things like Bible handouts and so on. And, and by the time they, they do all of that and then uh, try to, uh, uh, you know, take care of pastoring and working, there's not much time available. So mom ends up taking care of dad's uh, uh, responsibilities down at the house also. And so, uh, to be honest, uh, it, it gets discouraging for them in, in many of those instances. And when uh, 
Dad's not there to take care of uh, his responsibilities. Mom's trying to take care of those things. Then mom becomes discouraged. Once mom becomes discouraged, the kids become discouraged. Once the kids become discouraged, dad's uh, going to get discouraged. Once dad gets discouraged as the pastor, you're looking at a church that's fixing to close its doors. And folks, we have around 4,000 churches a year closing their doors here in America. We're only starting about 1,500 churches. And out of those 1,500, only about 50% of that make it over five years. So they need someone to come in and just be an encouragement to them. My wife and I do not have a, uh, a brick and mortar home. We live in a fifth wheel trailer. And uh, we are able to go and, and to just without expense uh, to those small churches be able to go in and stay with them for a month and just get out knocking doors, uh, spend time praying with the pastor and his family, spend time fellowshipping with them. Many times they don't even have folks to fellowship with because to, to be honest, a pastor cannot fellowship uh, with his people as closely because of the intimate nature of of those things that he's trying to deal with. And so, so it, it is an encouragement for folks, for us to be able to come in and be a help to them. Then uh, the th matter of starting new churches. Uh, many times we've found this, uh, the pastor that is starting a church uh, maybe has some prayer support from back home. He has some financial support, but what he doesn't have is physical labor. And again, that's where we come in, to come in and just, whether it's paint a wall, clean a toilet, get out knocking doors, just trying to help uh, to let folks know that there is a new church starting in the area. We want to be there. Uh, we try to be there at least six weeks before they get started, be there on their opening Sunday, and then, uh, uh, you know, move on from there. And so uh, they, they just... Those new churches need somebody just to be a help to them, and so we want to be able to be a help. Then uh, also, and we have done it here, the, the matter of soul winning training. And I, I will preach towards it that end this evening, towards soul winning. Folks, you listen. Not only do we have a command from the Savior, but it, it is the hope of, of our nation if we're going to see our nation turn back to God, then we're going to have to see folks getting saved. The majority of our country is not saved. And, we, and I, I get it. Uh, you know, you look in this book, the majority of folks are not going to get saved. But, but listen, our nation was founded upon the principles of this book. And I, I'm convinced that God has blessed us in a way that he has not blessed any other nation that's ever been on this planet. Uh, we have, preacher talked about it this morning, God has allowed us to send more missionaries around this world uh, than any other country. We have invested more in missions than any other country. Uh, God has allowed us to be used uh, to, you know, many folks, and, and well, they get the idea that you know, the American dream is uh, what has blessed our country. That's not what's blessed our country. It's that we have chosen to follow God and his values in this book. And, and so in order to, if we're going to have revival, if we're going to see our nation turn back to God, then 
Folks, we're going to have to get busy talking to folks about Christ. Amen. And so we uh, started soul winning training as part of our ministry several years back, just coming in and normally taking five services and and teach both practical and uh, scriptural or biblical principles of soul winning. And, and then uh, in July of 2020, because of COVID, uh, we were hindered from knocking doors. People did not want you at their door and so on because of COVID. And so we still had a responsibility, though, to get the gospel out. So we had the thought of, of uh, making banners that say free Bibles. Uh, we went down to uh, Walmart in our uh, local town, and uh, they're in Bourbon, Illinois, put our banners up. And again, in July of 2020 is when we started, but the first time we went, uh, we had, uh, in about an hour and a half, had three folks saved. And uh, man, it has grown from there. Uh, we have over 65 churches that are doing the Bible handouts. We found another church today that churches that we don't even know anything about, but that they are hearing about the Bible handout ministry from other churches that are doing it. And uh, so we really don't have any idea how many churches are doing the Bible handouts. We know we have helped 65, over 65 churches now help get started. We'll have uh, two more uh, by the end of this time next uh, week, Brother uh, uh, Dewey Stewart, right, up in Watertown, uh, will be over there Wednesday and Thursday helping them to get the Bible handout ministry started. And then at Brother Vince Williams next uh, weekend and uh, help them get started in the Bible handout. So uh, anyway, we have just, it's been amazing. Over 65 churches, four foreign missionaries and uh, two uh, evangelists. They're not really connected with our ministry, but uh, they are guys that just uh, saw the Bible handout ministry. Uh, one of them was just at our, we, in July, we had our first Bible handout conference down in the St. Louis area. A man from the Fort Worth area came and uh, just uh, is a friend for many years, but uh, he just got excited. He told his wife, we're going back home buying an RV and getting on the road. <laughs> and that's, they have done that already. And so uh, it's pretty exciting to see what God's been doing. And again, I say this, we couldn't do all of that without you folks' help. And so thank you for that. But I would encourage you, those that have not had opportunity to be a part of the Bible handout ministry, man, I would encourage you to do that. I promise it will be a blessing to you. It will be an encouragement to you. Uh, even if all you do is go out there and hold a Bible, it will be a, an encouragement uh, to, to be able to see uh, how God works through just, you know, it, it, folks, let's be honest. We're not the ones saving anybody. Amen. By the way, that's not our job. Our job is just tell them. Uh, you and I can't save anybody, and if we'll just get out there and be faithful about getting the gospel out, the Lord will use that. And come on, let's be honest. Uh, I, I tell folks this, and, and I, I told them the other night uh, at the uh, Bible handout, y'all forgive my language, but it is stupid easy. I know we're not supposed to use that word anymore, but uh, it is. It's just stupid easy, and it's, I promise you, you, you will have a good time. The, the preacher was sweating. He thought I was fixing to start cussing up here. I see it. He's going, what is he fixing to say? You know, as a, 
But uh, <laughs> anyway, I promise you'll have a good time. Come and be a part of that. It will be a blessing to you, all right? Take your Bible, if you would, Acts chapter 11 this evening. No, I'll tell you what, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Acts chapter 11, we looked at this morning. Uh, that's where uh, Barnabas went and got uh, Saul and brought him to Antioch. And if you will, the message kind of ties in with Christian living. And so I, I, I want to do this this evening. Just going to preach on this. Our primary purpose. Our primary purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you have that and you're able, let's stand in honor of reading the Word of God. Just going to look at the first five verses here this evening. And then I'll pray and allow you to sit down and then we'll look at the message, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. If you have that, say amen, wave at me, do something, let me know you got it. All right, if you have a Bible, it'll say this. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And again, I want to preach on this, just our primary purpose. Let's pray and then we'll look at the message. Fathers, we come and bow before you. Lord, I'm so glad to see, number one, that I'm in of heaven. Thank you that I'm saved. Lord, I thank you for our nation. I thank you that I was born here in America. Lord, the privilege that it is. God, I pray that you would help us to see our nation turn back to you. God, I understand the times and the seasons. Lord, I, I believe with all my heart, every, every time... You turn around in the word of God. The, the message was always this, return, return. I'm thankful for that. Lord, until the day of the rapture that we're called up out of here, I believe your heart is still in this, return. God, I pray that you would help me now to preach the message you've laid on my heart. God, that you would give your people hearing ears. God, an understanding heart. Father, please help us to desire you and your will for our lives. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. We looked at that matter of Christian living this morning. And as those that claim to be Christian, it's our claim to be Christ-like. Amen. Is that, is that right? See, that, that's when, when we claim to be Christian, we are claiming not just, just be believers, but we are claiming to be Christ-like. That's, that's what that word means. And so 
uh, to be like him uh, so much that others see his actions lived out in our life. That, that we are, uh, you, you know, we, we looked at it this morning uh, in Romans 8, 29. We're to be conformed to his image. All right? So, so literally, uh, it, it, we are to be, if you will, a reflection of him. And, and not just in looks. I, I, I believe that we ought to look like him. Amen. But, but I, I believe this, our very purpose ought to mirror his purpose. Amen? I, I, I mean, I, I think that just kind of, to me, that makes sense. That, that if we're going to be Christ-like, then our purpose is to be what his purpose was. Now, if you will, take your Bible, turn to the book of Luke. Very familiar verse here, Luke chapter 19, and turn to verse 10, if you would. Luke chapter 19, and verse 10. Here in Luke 19, 10, we have clearly Jesus giving his very purpose for coming to this planet. He, he said simply this, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's very clear. It's, it's not uh, something that's uh, maybe hidden in a mystery. It's not something that's hard to understand. Man, we know that when, when Jesus left the uh, glories of heaven, uh, can I say he knew where he was headed. The whole time he's headed for that cross. He's headed to shed every drop of his precious blood so that you and I might be saved. His mind and his purpose is this. I, I, I want them all saved. If you're a Calvinist this evening, you ought to come to the altar and get right with God. He's, the truth is, he, he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. He said his life was a ransom for all. The truth is that there's not a man, woman, boy, or girl. There, there's not a murderer. There's not a drunkard. There's not a drug head or a prostitute that he is not interested in saving. There's not a banker nor a lawyer nor a politician that he's not interested in saving. Amen. Listen, I, I, too many times I think we, we kind of get our nose up in the air about things like that. Shame on us. Amen. We, we kind of maybe look cross-sided folks sometimes. They come in and they, they don't look like us and they don't smell like us and they don't act like us. We act like, well, what are they doing here? Well, I thought this a hospital. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I'm thankful that there's a hospital back in Pasadena, Texas. That when the Holy Spirit of God showed up at my house and I got saved, that I could go down there 
and that they said, come on in. We're glad to have you. I didn't look like them and smell like them and act like them for a little while. Amen. Took a little while for me to get conformed to the image and to be transformed. But I understand this. Folks, Jesus came knowing exactly what his purpose was. It's to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, if you would, take your Bible, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We find here in this passage, Jesus has been uh, in the wilderness, being tempted of Satan. He comes back from that temptation and begins his personal ministry. Matthew chapter 4, if you would, look down to verse 17. It says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Huh. Follow me, and I'll make you, y'all help me out. I'll make you what? Now, personally, I believe this is where Jesus started his church. I believe he started a church during his personal ministry. He is not calling these fellows to salvation, by the way. If he is, that's work salvation. He is giving them the very purpose, if you will, of what a church is. Folks, everybody here, if you're saved and you're a member here, your job is to be a fisher of men. That's your purpose. It was his purpose and it is our purpose. A church is this, I said it this morning, it is a training station. It, it is a place where you and I come to learn. Remember, he said back in Ephesians 4, he said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets. By the way, those two offices are no longer uh, uh, used uh, in this age of the New Testament. They have ceased. Once the Bible was completed, we did not need those two offices anymore. But we still have this, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And it says what they were given for was this, for the perfecting of the saints. Remember, I, I said the perfecting is this. It, we, we sometimes get in a maybe circle uh, logic about what that word means. It's maturing or equipping. Uh, I remember one of my teachers used to say it this way. It's to bring you to a high level of skilled ability. See, my job, pastor's job, is to do this. It is to bring you to a high level of skilled ability to do the work of the ministry. In other words, you are to be, it's my job to help you to be the best soul winner you can be. Amen. And, and listen, now again, I'm, I'm going to say this. If y'all get mad at me over some of the things that you say, get mad at the pastor. He's the one let me come, all right? But, but some of you have been saved for years and still have no idea how to take a Bible and lead someone to Christ. 
Now, let me say this, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but shame on you. Shame on Because listen, there are people that you know that pastor will never know. That, that, that brother Jared will never know. That brother Mike will never know. And, and God is wanting to use you in their life. And, and he's wanting to use, listen, they, they know you. Maybe co-workers, maybe neighbors, family. How many of y'all have families not say, man, can I say that's some of the hardest folks to win? We know that. But see, God wants to use us. And when we don't know how to take our Bible and, and take the scripture and, and show somebody how to be saved. And listen, man, there's a lot of things in this book, amen? Amen. But no doubt there are specific scriptures that we can take and show people how they can go to heaven. All right? And I understand, thank you, brother. I understand that, listen, I, I've said this many times. See, salvation is not about eternal life and heaven. Salvation is about forgiveness of sin. See, that's what God's wanting to deal with. And as we talk to people, that's what we need to help them to understand. Listen, God wants to forgive your sin. That's why he uses the word repent. That's what it says in, in Acts 20, 20. He said it's repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Understand, uh, salvation is directional. See, we've been headed uh, away from God. And he said, now what I want you to do is turn to me in repentance. No longer to follow that direction. Now I'm to repent and turn toward God in faith toward Christ. All right. And so it, it is our job, it is our very purpose to learn the scriptures, to be able to take them, and show someone how to be saved. Y'all help me out just real quick. Let, let's kind of go through a few things. First, y'all tell me, what is, we, what, what's the verse that, that we consider? And I know there's several, but, but what's the uh, command that we're under as far as the Great Commission right now? Somebody help me out. Go and all the world preach the gospel to every creature. Now, somebody help me out. Who is excluded under every creature? See, it's nobody excluded, is it? And now, now, let me ask this. Do you think that's really a literal command? You think that's what he really meant? He, he expects us to get the gospel to everyone? I, I believe that too. I, I it's, he wasn't exaggerating, amen? He, he meant we're to get the gospel to every creature. Now, let me ask you this. How many think that since he gave that command after his resurrection, how many of you think it's ever been done? If there's a generation that has reached their uh, generation for Christ. I mean, they got the gospel to every creature. How many of y'all believe that's been done? Wave at me. Real high, wave at me. How many think it's never been done? Let me see that. 
How many of y'all not going to vote one way or the other? You're a coward and you're not putting your amen. All right, take your Bible real quick, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And look down to verse 23, if you would. <clears throat> it says this, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard. Now put your seatbelt on. And which was preached to whom? Whom? Which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Let me ask you, how much exaggeration do you think is in the Bible? See, I don't believe there's any. So y'all help me out according to this verse. Did it get done during Paul's generation? Amen or not? That's what it says. Which was preached to every creature. Amen. How many of y'all see that? You see it or not? That's what it says. Which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. That's our job. By the way, they didn't have the printed page, they didn't have radio, they didn't have internet, TV, and on and on we could go. You say, how'd they get it accomplished? I'm not sure, but I know they did it. Why? Because the book says it. And I, I listen, I, I may not understand it all, but I believe every word of it. And when he says that it was accomplished, I just, I, I'm dumb enough to believe it was accomplished. The problem is two things. Number one, we don't believe it can be accomplished. Number two, we're not working to get it accomplished. Because how many people do you just walk by in the grocery store and don't say nothing? Go to Walmart, go to work, go to wherever you're going to go, the bank. Or... And by the way, can I say this quickly? See, the people at Walmart, they don't care whether folks get saved or not. The people at the grocery store could care less. The folks down at the bank, you know who does care? This crowd. How many of y'all want to see folks saved? Would you put your hand up? Sure. See, everybody in here says, man, I want to. So if we're not doing it, who is? Now, and, and can I say this? I'm not trying to be unkind, but I, can I say the, the, uh, I don't know any better way to say it. The phony baloney churches out there are not going to get the job done either. They're, they're playing games. The rock and roll churches and all that kind of stuff, they're playing games. And, and if we're not careful, see, we forget what our purpose is too. So I want to just take, y'all help me out. Who do we maybe look at? And, and I get it, it's debatable, but we look in the New Testament who do we see as the, maybe the example of, the, uh, of, of a really great Christian in the New Testament? Y'all help me out. Who? Paul. I, I think most of us would agree with that. And again, it's debatable, but uh, I, I think Paul is. And so I want to do this. I want to take Paul's life as a Christian and, and look and see how he did with this command. 
First, here in, first, uh, or in Colossians chapter 1, we find Paul's success. He said here very clearly, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Can I say, as a Christian, Paul was successful in getting the gospel to every creature. Now, without a doubt, it was not just Paul as an individual. It was Paul and the ministry that God allowed him to, to be over. And, uh, man, how, we don't even know how many churches he got started uh, through uh, the church there in Antioch. But it, it's just everywhere the guy went, he, he's talking to people about the Lord. Uh, I, 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 was even, I was looking at this uh, uh, in, in Romans uh, chapter I believe it's chapter 1. I have it underlined here. Let me look real quick. Yeah, in Romans 1, 8. Listen to this verse. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith, now listen to this, is spoken of throughout the whole world. Now to me, that backs up what Paul said back in Colossians. Why? God doesn't exaggerate. He said it was spoken of in the whole world. Now, God, if God doesn't exaggerate, then that's, that's a literal statement. And, and so understand that, listen, Paul was successful everywhere that guy went. He's talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it's down at the marketplace, whether it's going down to the uh, synagogue and going to the temple of the Jews, whether it's talking to the Gentiles. And sometimes he finally said, look, I've had enough of you crazy Jews and you won't listen. I'm going to go to the Gentiles. Amen. But he was successful in what he did. Let me, let me say this, and, and please don't, uh, again, don't, don't be offended. But, but listen, one way I know you have no intention of getting the gospel to everybody, you don't even have a track, a, a track in your pocket right now. I mean, even if you had opportunity. I mean, what's wrong with us? Sometimes that's all we have opportunity to do, amen? You drive through the line at McDonald's. You walk through the line at the grocery store, at Walmart. Sometimes all you have opportunity to do is just, I'll do this, I'll hand them a track and I'll tell them something like this. Hey, listen, don't you miss heaven, it'll be an awful thing. We were at uh, Hideaway last, yesterday after the Bible handout. And... Uh, uh, I'd given the, the waitress there a track. And, and she had uh, finished with us and her shift was over and she was leaving. And, and she turned around and she looked and she held the track up and she said, thank you. I didn't get to say anything else. But just sometimes it's just a track. But let's be honest. A lot of times, folks, we don't even say anything. When we have opportunity, we, we kind of, we do, we get intimidated by the world. They, they think, well, you know, they're going to think I'm a nut. Well, you are. I, I, I mean, come on. We're, we're a peculiar people. Amen. 
We're, we're nuts, but we're screwed on the right bolt. Amen. I, I mean, come on, folks. Let's, let's be honest. This crowd is not a normal crowd. Look around. Y'all are a bunch of screwballs. Yeah, amen. I'm glad to be associated with you. Amen. It's fun, amen. But, but we ought to do this. It, listen, uh, and I've had folks tell me, oh, but Brother Scott, you know, I'm just not, I, I, I'm just not bold like that. Well, you know what you just told me? You're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Because, see, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, according to Acts chapter 4, when that church prayed and asked God for His filling, it said then they, just two verses later, they spake the word of God with boldness. See, part of the problem is this. We're not filled with the Holy Spirit like we ought to be. And, and by the way, soul winning is not a gift. Soul winning is a command. It's not an option for you, Christian. It, it, it is a command from the Savior. And so, <clears throat> let's understand first that, that Paul had success. Uh, we, we've already looked at it, but if you would, uh, Acts chapter 20. I believe Paul had a method. Of training folks. Let, let, me, let me say it like this, folks. Have you ever thought about it that here's God that is giving a, a bunch of simple minded, inept knuckleheads? a job to do that's worldwide. Now, and, and the job is it's going to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Now, let's, let's be honest. We, we as man don't have the wisdom of God. Uh, and, and I believe that, see, this book is not only a book of theology, it is a book of methodology. Why? Because God had to give us the plan of what to do in order to accomplish the work. He did not do something like this. All right, listen up, listen up. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and good luck on figuring out how to do it. See, that doesn't even make sense, does it? That, that makes zero sense. So go to Acts chapter 20 and verse 20. And I believe we find the training method that Paul used. He said, How I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. What did he say? Three things there. First, I showed you. He sat down and he would take, by the way, he didn't have the New Testament. All he had was Old Testament scriptures. And he would take those Old Testament scriptures and show them how to take the scriptures and show somebody how to get forgiveness of sin and eternal life in heaven. He would show them. That's what he said. Secondly, he said this, that I taught you publicly. I believe he did this. He had classroom sessions on how to lead a soul to Christ. He would take and teach whether it's 
uh, biblical or, or practical principles of soul winning. Uh, things like this, and y'all have heard these, but those that have, uh, were here last year when we were here, the things of all sinners are like green beans. Anybody remember that? All sinners are like green beans. You say, what in the world, Brother Scott? Well, that's the principle. See, you go down the grocery store, you go to the canned vegetable aisle, and, and there in the canned vegetable aisle, you find the green bean section. You have Libby's and Del Monte, Green Giant, maybe some store brand. Now, if you open those cans up, what's on the inside? Green beans. Now, on the outside, they all wear different labels. But on the inside, they're exactly the same. Can I say that's how sinners are? See, they wear all kind of labels. See, I'm a redneck. I'm a lawyer. I, I'm a Yankee. I, I, I'm, you know, and there's all kind of labels out there, all right? I'm Catholic. I'm Mormon. I'm an atheist. But this is the, this the principle. Paul, remember, he said this in Romans 1.16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of, power of God unto salvation to all that believe, to the Jew first and also the Greek. What, what those green beans need is this. They need the gospel. Doesn't matter what their label is. I'm a motorcycle rider. You need the gospel. I'm a Catholic. You need the gospel. I'm a Baptist. Man, we know you need the gospel. Amen. Uh, I, I mean, it doesn't matter what their label is, folks. We got to get over and get past looking at labels and, and sometimes even being uh, intimidated by a label. Man, I'm a Jehovah's Witness, and we, we get all scared. Why? They, don't, they have no idea about the truth of the Scriptures. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So let, let's not be intimidated by that. I remember one time I was out on a Thursday evening. Uh, we were living in Fort Worth, Texas, and out knocking doors. And I, I looked across the way, and there's a little construction project going on over there. They're uh, building a new building. And so and it's just a single-story building, but there's a man out there walking around. And so I pulled up out there and said, hey, how you doing? Gave him a track and invited him to church and introduced myself. And he introduced himself. He was a doctor that was... Uh, uh, having that building built. He was a podiatrist. That's a foot doctor. Now, let's be honest, man. Many of us, man, we get nervous all of a sudden. This is a, this is a professional man. See, it, it doesn't matter. You know what that man needed? He needed the Lord. So I took my Bible, showed him how to be saved. The man bowed his head and trusted Christ as Savior. Now, can, let me help you right here for some of you. Not everybody that gets saved are you going to get in church. It's, it's as simple as that. I, I wish they'd all come, but they, they are not. It's just like not everybody that comes here is going to be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Not everybody that comes here is going to get involved in the choir. Not everybody that comes here is going to get involved in the nursery or anything like that. So don't expect everybody that gets saved to come to church. It just does not work like that. Now they ought to say amen right there. But, but understand, man, don't judge people by, well, I don't know if they really got saved. They didn't ever come to church. Cut that kind of stuff out. See, you don't know their heart and I don't know their heart. And it's not our job anyway. Our job is not to save them. Our job is to tell them. Amen.
And then it, it's up to God. We had some young men there the other day at the Bible handout. After, after uh, talking about it, we were, I don't know. I cannot see their heart. But I, I know this, they, they prayed. Now that's between them and God. Amen. So, so understand, listen, Paul had a training method. He'd show them, he'd teach them publicly uh, things like all sinners have or like green beans and many other things that, that we need to teach. And, and can I say this? Please don't think I'm, I'm being mean or something. But, but when's the last time we had classes on soul winning? When it's our primary purpose. And, and if we had one, would you go? See, some of you think, I'm not going. I'm not talking to people. I had a pastor call me last week, and one of his men had told him, <coughs> excuse me, had told him, I am never going knocking doors. That's just not me. I'm not going to do it. I thought, hmm. First, see, I believe that's a biblical thing to do. The Bible's real clear about going into all the world and going house to house, by the way. That's in our scripture here that we're looking at right now. So I, I believe it is a biblical thing to do. But this guy said, I'm never doing that. He said, okay, what if you had somebody come to you? He said, what? He said, what if you had somebody come to you? He said, would you, would you talk to him then? He said, yeah. He said, I've got a ministry for you. It's called Bible Handout Ministry. Hey, man. They come to you. So, but, but understand, it's our job. Let me, let me ask you, how good are you at winning souls to Christ? Have you made it a purpose? By the way, uh, 1 Peter 3.15 says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. In other words, set apart that thing of the Lord. All right, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason of the hope that's in you. By the way, it ends there, in meekness and fear. That was Pastor Peter that said that. He was fearful in our opening text, Paul said to the Corinthians, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now if Paul and Peter are fearful, why do you think you and I are not going to be? By the way, God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. So if you're fearful, you're like everybody else. But understand this, if you let that fear keep you from talking to folks, then you've let Satan win. Because that fear did not come from God. Amen. So we teach things like that, biblical, practical principles, stuff like this. How about this? Brush your teeth before you talk to people about the Lord. Amen. Y'all ever talk to somebody with bad breath and you're trying to dodge them, man? I mean, don't, don't do that when you go. I mean, brush your teeth. Uh, fellas, we tend to be odorific. Amen. Put on a little foo-foo juice before you go. Amen. Yeah. And, and by, by the way, do this. Dress like who you're representing. 
Dress like who you're representing. Amen. Man, you'd be surprised and amazed what people think about how you look. You really would. So, uh, man, Paul's training method. Let's, let's hurry up. Amen. Y'all should have said amen right there. Uh, Paul's teaching in action. Back in our, our uh, initial text there, he said this, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. What if we just get that attitude? Everywhere I go, I determine I'm not going to say anything else except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what he said. Now, how many of y'all believe Paul's an exaggerator? See, he's not, is he? He really did that. When he went to Corinth, he determined, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to know anything else. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Doesn't mean he didn't have normal conversation. It did mean this. In his conversation, he's getting to Christ somehow. What if we'd just be determined to do that? Just be determined. I am going to get the story of the gospel in somehow. At least I'm going to try. Now, listen, you and I can't make everybody listen. Amen. But, but we can try. I'm not in the arm twisting business. Amen. I'm not. I, I'm, if somebody doesn't want to listen, that's on them. But if I don't try, that's on me. Amen. So we need to, need to understand. Man, Paul was successful at it. Paul had a method about it. Uh, Paul, we see his teaching in action. He had an ingredient for success. Go back there to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul's ingredient for success here is verse 4 and 5. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Time out. We're not salesmen. We're not salesmen. You know what? One of Satan's devices is this, to get us to become mechanical in talking to folks about Christ. You know what you can do to avoid that? Don't talk at people. Talk to people. Make it a conversation. You're talking with them. And when we talk at them, it becomes very condescending. They leave the conversation thinking, man, they think they're holier than me. They think they're better than me. Anybody ever heard that from a lost man? Yeah. See, we don't talk at people. We talk to people. They're real. and they, they, They're just like you and I. They're flesh and blood that God's in love with. And we need to learn just to, man, to talk to them. Be real with them. I, I've, many occasions I've asked folks, man, if you died today, and I'll say, now don't do that. And they'll just laugh. I don't want them to die today, amen. But if you died today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? You ever thought about that? And, and you know, just trying to engage them in a conversation about the gospel. Some of us are even, you're scared to even ask a question like that. Normally the reason we're intimidated and, and don't ask questions like that is this, we don't know how to go from there. 
and by the way, in Philemon verse 6, it says this, that the communication of your faith may become effectual. See, you may not be effective at it right now, but you can work at it and become effectual. Amen. It ought to be something that every Christian works at to be their best. So that, so that at, at any moment that, that we can wake up out of a dead sleep, still have brain fog, yet we can get the gospel out. It, it ought to be that clear to us. And by the way, man, just four simple principles. Anybody can lead somebody to Christ. I, I use just four principles. The, the fact of sin, the consequences of sin, the remedy for sin and the individual response to the gospel. That's pretty simple. Man, just a handful of verses can go along with that. To, to be able to take the Bible and show somebody how they can have the forgiveness of sin. Now understand this, that man, the ingredient for success, let me go back. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your face should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, the missing ingredient is this. It is the power of the Holy Spirit of God upon our lives that as we give the gospel, God can use us. I remember back when I was a kid and as I, after I got saved and growing up in the Lord, man, it used to be Brother Howells and Brother Rice had travel this country preaching on soul winning and spirit fullness. And can I be honest? We don't have many preachers preaching that today. We, we, we just don't. And, and yet we all know we ought to be filled with the spirit of God. But I wonder really how much do we pray and ask God, God, would you fill me with the Spirit so that I might have power and boldness to talk to people about Christ? See, it's the ingredient for success. You and I cannot do it on our own. Without me, ye can do nothing. And that is so true, folks. We need to be willing to admit that. We need that ingredient of the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Let me close with this. Back to Acts chapter 1 and we'll be done. Thank you for allowing me to take some time this evening to get through the message. Here we are. It's the last time Jesus is talking to the apostles before he is caught up into heaven. We know in verse 8, Acts 1, 8, but ye shall receive power that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. When he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. I don't know about you, pretty amazing event just happened, amen. And I think I'd be with them. The verse 10 says this, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men 
stood by them in white apparel. Y'all help me out. Who just showed up? A couple of angels. And, and look at the question. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? You know, that's what we do a lot. Man, we come here and we listen to Pastor Kenny preach and man, it's so good. We get to just kind of look over into heaven sometimes. Now, I don't know about you, but I enjoy that kind of stuff. Amen. I mean, you have different meetings, different preachers come in and man, it's so good just to be able to, I, I mean, just to look over into heaven for a little while. Man, isn't it glorious? And it's going to be a great time over there. But see, that's, that's not our job. Our job is out there. And I believe the Lord still has the same question for us today. What are you doing? Why stand you around gazing up into heaven? See, you know what happened? We've lost our urgency. See, because now we're saved. We're all right. And so we tend to kind of sit back and when God said, wait just a minute, there's a world out there. By the way, the book's real clear. He's coming soon. Behold, I come quickly. How I many of y'all have lost family you want to see saved? Co-workers, neighbors friends, folks that you don't even know. And see, it's urgent. With God, it's urgent. You and I don't know how long life is. I've been in the ministry long enough that I've preached funerals where the casket wasn't but this big. And I, I've preached them where there's for full-size folks like me. So you don't know when life's going to end. You don't know if it's going to be young or old. Our job is this, though. Get the gospel to them. That's our purpose. It was his purpose. It's our purpose. Let me just ask this evening as we close. When's the last time you told somebody that you took your Bible and told them how to be saved. Not saying, Pastor Kenny, you, told, you tell them. Not, not saying, Brother Mike, you tell them. No, when's the last time you told them? When's the last time you took the scriptures and showed somebody how to be saved? If not, why not? I remember Brother Wilkins, one of my teachers, a man I worked for twice in different churches, used to make a statement like this. He'd say, you're in trouble with the boss. Can I say if you're not leading folks to Christ, you're in trouble with the boss. He's equipped you, he's given the scriptures, he's given the Holy Spirit, and he's told you, get busy. What are you waiting for? 
Let's not lose our urgency. Let's stand our feet, heads bowed and eyes closed. I know it's been long. I apologize. But please, would you heed the message this evening? With our heads bowed and eyes closed, can I ask you, what's your purpose? Is it his purpose? I asked a while ago, when's the last time you led someone to Christ? Let me encourage you to do this. If you don't know how, talk to your pastor. Ask him to help you to learn how. Find another soul winner and go with them. And listen and learn from them. But do this. Learn. Somebody is depending on you. Please don't let them down. This the crowd that cares. Please, wouldn't you get busy? How many of you would say, Preacher, I get it tonight. I, I see what my job is. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Father, please, you've seen the hands. God, you know the hearts. Please take the message, the invitation. Use it how you see fit. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. As the piano plays, others are already down here praying. Why don't you come? Maybe you're not the soul winner you ought to be. Why don't you just come down here and ask God to help you to be the soul winner you ought to be. Why don't you come and ask him, God, please... Would you fill me with the Holy Spirit of God that I might be a soul winner for Jesus? Pastor.